Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries. God bless you and thank you for tuning in. It's a delight for me to share the word of the Lord with you, and I pray it's a blessing to you. Today we are in the book of Revelation, and we are going to cover a little more of Revelation chapter 10. So I'd like to start by reading those verses again. Beginning in chapter 10, let's read verses 1 through 7 again of Revelation. I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land and cried out with a loud voice as when a lion roars. When he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered, and do not write them. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised up his hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are in it, the earth and the things that are in it, and the sea and the things that are in it, that there should be delay no longer. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished as he declared to his servants, the prophets. So we looked at some of this in the last episode. Let's continue forward. We really focused on the fact that in the last episode, we talked about the description of this person that John refers to as this mighty angel that came down from heaven and has one foot on the land and one foot on the sea. And then we talked about how there'd be delay no longer. Now, we do not know exactly who this mighty angel is, but there are some clues that at least point for me to the fact that it must be the Lord Jesus himself. I'd just like to point out a few things about that. He stands, he comes from heaven. The Bible says that he is clothed with a cloud and his he has a rainbow around his head, which is associated with the throne of God, associated with God himself. We notice that his face is shining like the sun and his feet appear as pillars of fire. Now, we've seen some of these descriptions of Jesus before in this book. If you'll remember in Revelation chapter 1, for instance, and then in some of his titles that he gave to the various seven churches, we see that he has a little book in his hand open. It may be this scroll that he had in his hand in chapter 5 that he was given. It appears to me that that may be part of what that is in some form. He has his feet on the sea and on the land. Now, if this were an angelic being, that could happen perhaps as well. But we do know that Jesus did come to the disciples one time walking on the water. So this indicates to me that it might be the Lord. Then we hear about this voice. 
And John describes it as when a lion roars. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. It also says when he cries out, we have seven thunders uttering their voice. And in the last episode, we read from Psalm 29, where the voice of the Lord thunders. The voice of the Lord is over many waters. So that is another indication to me. And then we see him swearing, raising his hand to heaven and swearing by God. And we see that in some other places, like in Hebrews, for instance, where when the Lord said, I could swear by none greater, I swore by myself. I swore by myself, the book of Hebrews tells us. And so we see some things here that would indicate to us that this is the Lord himself. And he's giving these commands. He is swearing. He is giving this information. And we are told that there would be no more delay. This voice from heaven says, no more delay. It's done. It's happening now. It's time. There's been patience. There's been long suffering. There's been wooing all of this time. But God's time is finally up. And now it is time for the final judgments to happen. Because when this seventh trumpet is going to sound, he sounds and he says that the mystery of God concerning all of the things the prophets had foretold will now be wrapped up, will now be completed, will now be fully executed and fully discharged. So we see that beginning to be declared that this is now the time. And so we have this introduction to this seventh angel that will be sounding his trumpet and it will bring in the final completion of everything else that the prophets had spoken that is still yet remaining to be completed. And he says it will be done exactly the way it was prophesied and declared to his servants, the prophets. So I'd like to look at some of those prophetic words just to give us some examples at this time. So for instance, in Isaiah chapter 61, beginning in verse 1, we read these words. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Now in Luke chapter 4, we see where Jesus had found this place, opened the scroll to this place, read it to the people in the synagogue, closed the book in the middle of verse 2, and said, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, through that portion of the acceptable year of the Lord, he fulfilled those passages in his first coming. But there was part of that verse that was remaining. And the day of vengeance of our God. That's the part that is now being completed, as it was declared to the mouth of this holy prophet Isaiah. This is one example of what Jesus says is being completed exactly as it had been prophesied to the servants of the Lord, these prophets. Another one is in Psalm chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says this, Why do the nations rage and the people 
plot a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion, or Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. So we see another prophetic word here, yet to be fully completed and fulfilled. There's coming judgment on those that reject God and are God-haters. And there is a coming kingdom where God's king, Jesus, will be established in Jerusalem. Then let's look at Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion or Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power, in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. You have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink of the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. So here again, it speaks of God's final vengeance, God's judgment that will be coming. These are some examples of what will be being wrapped up now, being actually brought to pass now, happening now, once the sounding of this seventh angel's trumpet is uttered because then it's going to usher in the final stage of this judgment of God and the final wrap-up of everything that has been prophesied, and it will match exactly to the prophetic word that was originally uttered. Then in Joel, or Joel, chapter 2, Blow the trumpet in Zion, and sound my alarm in my holy mountain and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like the morning clouds spread over the nations. And then we go on down. We've read some of these verses before, but we are seeing this come to pass in full in these final verses. Then going on down in Joel chapter 2, verse 10. The earth quakes before them. The heavens tremble. The sun and the moon grow dark, and the stars diminish their brightness. The Lord gives voice before his army. For his camp is very great. For strong is he who executes his word. 
For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible who can endure it. So we see more prophetic words. These are just examples. Then in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, I'd like to read. We know that part of this is now fulfilled in Jesus' first coming, but not all of it. The rest of it will be fulfilled at his second coming. And we are beginning to get to that point. God's final wrath will be poured out, which will usher in the second coming of the Lord. So listen to these prophetic words from Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father or Father of Eternity. That should be translated. Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. So here again, another word that will be fully fulfilled and everything will be done and brought to pass exactly as the prophet had spoken. Then in Daniel chapter 9, I want to begin to read in verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the Prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood and till the end of the war desolation or desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the midst of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. So here Daniel is speaking of this. And notice back in verse 24, I want to draw your attention to this, because in here Daniel prophesies about Jesus' first coming and his second coming. Notice this in verse 24, because here Daniel is now giving a prophetic word about Jesus and the completion of everything he's going to do. And he's going to do it at the completion or by the completion of this 70 weeks that were determined for Daniel's people, the Jewish people, and the city of Jerusalem. And so he, get, he lists six things here that Messiah will do. He will finish the transgression, make an end of sins, make reconciliation for iniquity, bring in everlasting righteousness, seal up vision and prophecy, 
and anoint the most holy. Now, out of those, we could say that the first three he accomplished in his first coming. He finished the transgression. In other words, he completed the work necessary for the sin offering, for the guilt offering, to clear up the transgression, to wash away our sins, etc., to make an end of sins by washing them away through his precious blood, and to make reconciliation for iniquity. So he is come now to grant us reconciliation to God, justification by faith alone. So we could say that those three might apply to his first coming and what he accomplished in his first coming. However, it says that he's also got three remaining things to do, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up or complete fully vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Those three things have not happened yet. The most holy is the most holy place in the tabernacle, in the temple, and that is yet to be rebuilt. The completion of vision and prophecy is yet to be done, and bringing in everlasting righteousness at his second coming and the establishment of his kingdom is yet to be done. So here again, we see another example of prophetic words that Jesus is telling us and and John is instructed to write about with this angel standing on the sea and land who's making this declaration that at the sounding of the seventh trumpet, everything that the prophets have prophesied that's yet remaining to be fulfilled is now, without further delay, going to be executed. It's going to be done and it's going to be done exactly as they prophesied when God moved upon them way back hundreds and thousands of years ago to speak those words and to write them for us in his word, the scriptures. So praise be to God. This is giving us that indication, and these are just examples. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus gives another prophetic word, and he says this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch haba b'shem Adonai. So Jesus prophetically speaks here about a time to come when Israel, the Jewish people, will call out and say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that ties with a prophetic word in Zechariah, as well as in some other passages. So that is yet to happen in its fullness. These are just examples. But what God is telling us here in Revelation 10 is that everything is going to be executed fully, completely, exactly as it was prophesied, as it is written so it shall be done. And that's what this sounding of the seventh angel and this mystery of God 
being fully completed now, is telling us no more delay. It is being done and completed, fully executed and discharged exactly as was commanded and was prophesied. I pray that this is a blessing to you and that, Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes as we continue looking through the scriptures and learning more from what the Word of God tells us about what is to come through this book of Revelation. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.